0: Shut up, and sit down. Hello, and welcome to the Futures Focus podcast, courtesy of Prospects1500.com. Join you today, as always, is myself, Alex Sanchez, and my co-host, David Gasper, David, uh, watching some NBA basketball over there in Milwaukee today, huh? Why don't we take 15 seconds and talk about basketball? And and how's that going for you?
1: You know the way the way the game's going right now. Uh, let's not take 15 seconds and talk about it. Um, I I very much rather not talk about the way that that game's going.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that was our basketball segment. Uh, I don't think we've talked about basketball on this podcast yet. I think that was the. And we episode. probably won't again. No. No. Not while well. our teams are out of it, at least. That's that's for sure. As a Lakers fan over here as well, it was. But at least I have last year, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. But moving on to baseball. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. We got minor league baseball in full swing now. We have a, a good amount of data on these players. Over 100 bats for many of the prospects that we're interested in. 30 to 40 innings for a lot of the pitchers as well. We have guys that have been up in the Big leagues as well. We've seen for even longer. So we have a lot of information that we can probably use for another top risers segment. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. It's going to be our rising prospects part two. We've done this before a few weeks back, but we were just so excited that minor league baseball was back. We we were just like getting people that had Two or three good games, but now we legitimately have some good information. So there is, um, and, and it's not just us. There's a lot of publications out there that are updating their top 100 lists and beyond. So um, we're kind of using a, a smorgasbord of everything here, and uh, going to give you some of the biggest risers in the game. So how's that sound, David?
1: Sounds good. It sounds like we got to maybe upde- update update uh,
0: our top 100 or top 97, whatever list soon too. that That's next month, right? That's coming up. Yeah, I think that that's such a good list because we, I, I don't know, I can't speak for the other publications, but I know you're getting 30 to 40 submissions for our site at Prospects 1500. So you get like a really good uh, a range of feelings because if it was just me and you doing the list, right, you know, Michael Harris is at number eight and Hedbert Perez is at <laughs> number 10, people wouldn't take us too seriously. But um, we have, you know, great information. well, I, we'll do a podcast too where we'll have you know people who were high on certain guys, low on other guys. so it's a really good list and it's got to be one of the biggest um, compiling of lists of any website. I can't think of another one. I think maybe I mean, I guess even like MLB pipeline, I think it's just like two or three guys, right? Yeah, it's just a so, uh,
1: it's Jim Cals Jonathan Mayo, and then uh, I think they got someone else now to replace yeah. uh, Mike Rosenbaum.
0: yeah, and i I Rosenbaum. I'm not sure no. RotoWire just has James Anderson. I know Baseball Prospectus has a few guys, but but definitely not the numbers that we have. So um, keep a lookout for that. But before we go into that, we do have a bunch of news and notes to go over. A couple of big items here, as a big item week more so than a lot of different things happening. And we got to talk about the big one. I think it might have been our fault. I think last week we may have willed <laughs> this into existence. But Jared Kelnick was Demoted. Very, very sad. But that's what happens when you go over 37. That's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> uh, gonna happen. Man. Um, I think we talked enough about this last week, but just if if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, what are your thoughts? Just summarize quickly on his future.
1: You know, kelnick's still he's still got a bright future ahead. I mean, this is just a, a bump at the at the start of the road. Um, and, uh, we, we've see, kind of seen this year, uh, reports from, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, the, there's actually a much bigger gap this year between AAA pitching and major league pitching, um, just with, you know, the, the, stuff that you're facing for, for whatever reason. Um, so mashing AAA doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be mashing big league pitching and he's still going to be good. He's still going to have a bright future ahead of him, uh, still going to be a really good hitter. But I mean, he's he's what 21 years old. He's got uh, plenty of time, and really, like the, the Mariners had no choice here. I mean, yeah. w- when you go 0 for 37, you have to send him down. Like th- there's no reason to keep on running him out there to put up offers in, in the lineup every single day. Yeah. And you know, and you know, before when he had you know like the first like month or so of the season, they kept him down, and it's like, oh man, like you guys are just it's just service time manipulation. Your excuse that he isn't ready yet, you know, just isn't going to fly, and then they bring him up, and it turns out he wasn't ready.
0: Yeah, a couple things that I want to add here, too. Number one, a theory is perhaps the lost season last year for those AAA, quad A players that didn't get the experience, you know, maybe it caught up And, you know, they're just a little bit behind where they normally would be at. Because, like you said, we don't experience this gap that we're seeing this year Uh, normally in the past. It's been shrinking, if anything, over the last couple of years. But this year is definitely apparent that there is a big, big difference. And so I'm wondering if maybe those pitchers in the big leagues, that extra year just kind of put them that much further ahead. And perhaps that had something to do with his struggles and his struggles were real. The good silver lining part of it was that the strikeout rate, not super concerning. It was 28%, which isn't great, but it's not like in the thirties and that would have been really upsetting. It's just that he wasn't hitting the ball hard at all. I mean, he was hitting it, um, but um, very weak contact. So to me, that's just, you know, he's just missing. But um, if you want to look at a slash line, (laughs) I mean, there are pitchers in the National League that have a better slash line than this. It was 096, 185 on base, 193 slug. Oof, goodness. Yeah. (laughs) But 21 years old, like you said. And um, you just hope he'll be fine. The only thing that stops him is if it just goes to his head, right? That's like the only thing.
1: Exactly, which is why you got to make the choice to kind of send him down because otherwise, the the longer you keep him up in that kind of struggle, the worst that that can really kind of get mentally.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Still go out and try to get him. There is probably a handful of owners out there that were so amped up about their prize prospect and then cost them, you know, cost their team a couple of weeks in the standings or whatever, maybe send a, an offer out, see what you can get. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I Safe don't know. What, by low. Well, yeah, what I mean at this point, would you still give like a Bobby Witt Jr. for him? Ooh, that'd be. I feel like that'd be a pretty fair exchange. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that was always fair, depending on what you preferred yeah. and what you needed. Yeah, I mean, it, if you yeah. really love Kellenic,
1: then then don't. If you really love Bobby Witt Jr., then then keep Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's all kind of your personal preference there. So,
0: so I guess what I'm trying to say is that find somebody that has like maybe a big name and, and pair him with maybe a big leaguer that could help the other team and see if you can maybe get Kelnick for a discount. Any discount I think would be worth it at this point. Again, the only thing now that we have to worry about is if he can't mentally recover from this. But to be honest, I think almost all of these baseball players that are professionals that got this far have a strong mental attitude, you know, a mental tool, if you will. Otherwise, you know, they would have been out of baseball by now. It's a it's a grueling grind to get here. In the opposite news, I suppose, uh, Royals pitching prospect Jackson Kowar was selected for a start tonight, actually. He's going to be starting against the Angels tonight. Did I get that right? I do not know. I think he's playing the Angels here in Anaheim at, at seven. Um, but Jackson Coar, what are your thoughts on his uh, debut, and um, what do you think he can do going forward? Um, it is against the Angels, and uh, yeah, I mean Jackson Coar
1: just kind of another one in a in a line there of pitching prospects that the Royals have. I mean they brought up uh, Daniel Lynch, I believe it was not too long ago, uh, to make his debut. Um and I mean Coar, I mean College Arm uh, out of Florida, uh if I recall, recall correctly, um, with the big fastball and his changeup is his is his big off speed pitch. Um, so I mean I I really enjoy him. Um and I think he's gonna be a, a big piece of that Royals rotation going forward. I think the Royals are gonna have a great rotation over the next several years. Um and, and you know, we'll see if he has immediate success. Um, when you're facing Shohei Otani, uh, that may be a little bit difficult to achieve, um, but uh, he does get to avoid Mike Trout, uh, at least in his debut. So he's got that going for him.
0: Absolutely. A guy that was a pretty decent prospect heading into you know 2020 and before the pandemic, um, but absolutely dominant this year. Had a .85 ERA in six starts, striking out 33% of batters and reports were saying that he's developed his curveball a little bit more to give him a third pitch. And so if you have, you know, three average to above average pitches, he's also 24, by the way. So he's no young spring chicken. So there (laughs) is a lot here to like that he would find immediate success. So he got a little, I think overshadowed by some of those other Royals prospects, but he might end up, you know, being the more steady of all of those guys, at least until Lacey comes up, whenever that may be. So, interesting interesting to watch his debut here going forward. What about uh, for this season? Let's give some of our redraft players a, a quick nod here. Who would you rather have going forward for the rest of the season for a redraft league? Um, Jackson Kowar or Logan Gilbert? Ooh. um, I'd probably go Logan Gilbert. Yeah, I think long term, that's definitely the answer. But honestly, I think I might like Kowar for this year, depending, of course, how this start goes. But you might not have a choice if you're in a redraft league. Um, But uh, I think he might be a little bit more polished than Logan Gilbert is. But again, long term, it's, you know what, it's pretty close. It's closer than you might think. Yeah, it's all about preference. I
1: really liked Logan Gilbert um for a while I mean even going back to the draft I really liked Logan Gilbert so uh, perhaps that's just that's just why I went with him
0: yeah and I think that both are very very good very very good I think one has ace potential in Gilbert and the other one's just more of a solid floor I think that's what you're getting um somebody else I wanted to talk about a guy I've I've liked in terms of the power department for a long time he's he's hitting 800 right now his name's Bobby Bradley For Mm. the Cleveland Indians, got off to a nice start for... 800, that's quite the sample size I'm sure he's got there. Yeah, Uh, was he four for five to start out? Yeah, he came in uh, in his debut in a pinch hitting spot. He got a a double and then three for four with a home run, double three RBIs and two runs on Sunday. So that guy's got some power. Jake Bowers wasn't doing anything at first base. (laughs) and Honestly, should have probably been Bradley to begin with as he had... Shown a lot of improvement and had a really solid spring training as well. He had nine home runs um, in Triple A, but that went with a 196 batting average. But 800 uh, is a little bit better than 196. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, I- we'll
1: see if he can maintain that uh, over, a, over a larger sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to bet on no, but uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's. Big raw power. Um, the the question with Bradley has always been, will he make enough contact to to fully make use of it?
0: Yes, and the past suggests no. But you know, maybe things were figured out. Although the the 196 triple A batting average doesn't give you a lot of uh, hope. But maybe and the 35 strikeouts and 97 at bats. Maybe he just needs to see the better pitching so he can be you know. <laughs> It's the opposite of the Celtic situation. another guy on Cleveland, kind of a cult favorite around Padre's prospect lists and even our own site here, and that's Owen Miller. He got a call up. I don't know if we mentioned that or not last week. Uh, it hasn't gone particularly well for him. Um, Owen Miller, to me, is a utility guy that will be a you know an above average addition to a bench in the long run. Um, but he is getting a lot of run, but it, it hasn't gone too well um, as he's hitting 125 so far, striking out a 46% rate. But um, a guy that, again, he might be able to carve out a position here in the long run. Don't give up on him just because of the slow start. Anything to add to that Owen Miller? He's kind of a an old buddy of mine from the, the Padres days. Yeah, and he's actually a, a native Wisconsinite too. And uh, oh. his brothers his brothers eligible for
1: the draft this year out of high school. So, um, it's good to see him get the get the call up. But yeah, a, a slow start for sure. But I mean, that bat should should be coming around, and and he should be a a much better hitter if you know given you know enough ample opportunity uh, at the big league level. Um, so. We'll see. He's not going to hit for much power, but um, he can try to to lock in a role somewhere in that uh, infield. And I mean, Cleveland, uh, it seems like they just need
0: hitters anywhere. They can get him in the lineup right now. Yeah, and and he can play all over, which is nice. So, again, short sample size, keep the faith in him. He probably got called up too early. I was a little surprised when I saw that he got called up. I thought he just needed a little bit more seasoning. Um, but from uh, the AL Central, move over to the NL Central and talk about your rivals, the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> um, bit of good news, and Cabrian Hayes is back and, and seems to be as good as ever. And a bit of bad news with a pros- another prospect here out for the season after surgery. feels like we have a lot of season enders already. That's Travis Swaggerty, an outfielder. Mm-hmm who was in triple a knocking on the door. I thought we were going to see him within a month or two and we won't be able to see him this year. It is a dislocated right shoulder and he had to have surgery. So five months or so that's going to take him out for the year. So a little bummed to see that. I kind of liked him. He, he was one of those guys that fell off and had made a resurgence in—in in kind of a la Nick Prado, who we'll talk about in a little bit here on the, the podcast but uh he's a guy that it was making some some headway back into uh the good the good world but uh unfortunately we won't get to see him until next year so uh that's the news or notes for this week if i missed anything i apologize but we do want to start talking about those prospects that are rising up everybody's list not just you and i but everybody in the industry so stay tuned we'll be right back and discuss those top risers after this And we are back. Futures Focus Podcast here with David Gasper, myself, Alex Sanchez, courtesy of Prospects1500.com. Check out the website. I usually plug that in at the end, but sometimes, you know, you don't make it to the end. So let's plug it now. Check it out. A lot of good new articles. In fact, I saw that you had an article out. David, did you want to tell everybody a little bit about what that was?
1: Yeah, so I uh, I wrote an article on a couple of deep sleepers there in the brewery system, and um, these th- this brewer system has some pretty well-performing players so far, um, and, and some that were really kind of lower down on my list. Corey Howell uh, has really jumped off to a hot start um, down there in high A, and um, and he's, he's rising up my list for sure. He just missed. He was at 51 on my list when I uh, published that, my, my top 50 in January. Uh, he's going to be rising up whenever we do the midseason re rank uh, coming up here. I believe that's also in July. Um, but he's been off to a great start. Um, Ernesto Martinez uh, down in, in low A in Carolina. That dude is six foot six. 230 pounds, and he's leading the team in stolen bases as a first baseman. And he's got homers, and he's just – he's hitting 300 as well. So it's been a great start for him. Um, Then also David Hamilton uh, back there with the Timber Rattlers. Um, There's been a lot of speed. I I went to a Timber Rattlers game this past week um, to, you know, check things out. And that dude – David Hamilton stole six bases in one game.
0: <laughs> Absolutely six fine. bases.
1: He got on in the first, stole second, stole third. Got on in the third inning, stole second, stole third. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, poor, poor catcher. I wonder how his night was. He didn't even that. throw half the time. The the jump he that got play, was so wow. good, and he got down there
1: so quickly. He didn't even bother with a throw. That's impressive. Like, yeah, like. It, it's one thing to like you know see the scouting reports and see the stolen base numbers, and be like, oh, this dude's got great speed. It's one thing, it's another thing to see it in person. And holy cow, that dude is fast. Like it's it, it's insane. So it, it was really kind of good to see him. I also saw a Garrett Mitchell bomb, so that was fun. Um, it was not a well pitched game by either team. It was twelve to eleven the final score, but it was. It was
0: it was fun. It was a good time. Absolutely, check that out. Prospects1500.com. We got like I said, always we always got one article new that you probably haven't read if you if you go on there daily. There's a bunch of content coming out. Um, really cool stuff. Hey, I do have one question about the Brewers farm system here. If yeah. you had to pick one right now in a dynasty league, Antoine Kelly, Aaron Ashby, or Ethan Small, who are you taking? Okay, Um, I'll say this.
1: Antoine Kelly has the highest ceiling of those three guys. However, he also comes with the highest amount of risk. Uh, He's he's just starting throwing again. He missed the first uh, part of the season here with thoracic outlet surgery. Uh, There's a very high risk. He ends up becoming a reliever. Down the line, now he could be a pretty good reliever, could be a high leverage arm, could be a closer, but there is a risk that he could end up becoming a reliever. There's also a chance he could be a top flight rotation arm. So far, all the reports about you know him uh, adding to his pitch mix and, and sharpening and refining his pitches and holding on runners, all those have been good. The only setback has been the injury here with thoracic outlet. But Antoine Kelly has the highest ceiling. Of the three. Yeah. Now, so that's your choice. So that's... I, I guess so. Um, yeah, I think but so. you gotta, if, if, if you want to go the safe route... Nah, um, I, you don't want to do that. <laughs> there are there If you always, do... If always, you do choose a safe route, Aaron Ashby right. is probably going to be the, the quickest to get up there. And I think he's probably going to be... I think he's got a chance to be better than small. We'll We'll see. But uh, Ashby, I think, is someone that uh, he can really get the strikeouts. Uh, he, he's shown the ability to be a really good starter, and he's doing pretty well in Triple A already. So um, they, there's there's a lot of good there. So uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I think my mindset is to take the highest upside, regardless of risk, because they're all inherently risky as they throw a baseball That's true. for living. That's so you mean the guy that has the, the biggest upside. I mean, you just take a look at your dynasty leagues right now. You can find guys that are going to start every fifth day and, and give up three or four runs and strike out four guys. Like there's plenty of those guys to go around, but there's not too many guys that turn into top flight rotation guys. So take a chance on them and you can always pick up. I mean, how many pitching prospects are there? You always can find somebody else. But um, yeah. good answer. I think I would agree with you, too. Um, I'd like all three of those guys, though. I think they're all interesting and probably worth rostering on um, pretty much even shallow dynasty leagues, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah. Maybe not Ethan Small and Shallow Shallow, but pretty much, you know. But soon, as soon as you get a spot open, open that opens up. Yeah, know. yeah. And a guy to keep on your list for sure. All right. So what we are doing this week on our podcast is taking a look at some of the top rising hitters and pitchers that we've seen now that we've had a much bigger sample size. Now, granted, there still can be slow starts. You know, I'm still looking here on the list. And, you know, I look at Bobby Witt at 236, and that's not as sexy as you want it to be. But, you know, those slow starts where you're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening to him? They've they've all kind of and when you take a look at the top, top prospects, Wander doing fine. Jerry, um, Julio Rodriguez doing fine. CJ Abrams doing fine. Bobby Witt, you know, got the nine home runs. Everything's fine. Like it's, it's nice to see that nobody is really like falling off the face of the earth in the top 15, top 20 range. So that's nice. So we're not going to really spend too much time on those guys because I don't think there's a lot of movement, to be honest. Do you have any major moves like in your, within your top 10, 15 guys? Um, well, in the list of, that I'm looking at here, um,
1: Vidal Brujan has jumped up from you know just kind of fringe top 50 to sure. now top 15, um, and he's up at a 13 overall here,
0: I see. So Yeah, that's um, a good one. That's a great one because it's such an explosion of fantasy goodness because he's shown power. He's shown stolen bases, seven home runs, 13 stolen bases. He's getting on base. And, you know, for me, I never was high on Bruhan, and we'll start with him, I guess. I was never too high on him because I just didn't think that he would... I, I viewed him as a, a speed guy that would be a utility type of player. He was older, you know, he's 23. Um, oh, oh, so old. <laughs> but compared to the other guys that were in that system, like, you know, he, I just didn't see a spot for him. That was That was my prior thinking. But this year he's kind of just forced his issue and I think forced his way into the Rays plans as well as a full time starter if he's going to continue to do this. Because the power seems to be there. He's a switch hitter. Don't have to worry about platooning him. Um it's just it's nice to have him and then Franco coming up as well as another switch hitter. It's going to be insane. So he's definitely probably one of the biggest risers if you had to pick somebody to get into that top 15. Um for me I mean, I, I think I had him in the 80s or 90s, you know, six or seven months ago. And so for me, he'd be probably my biggest riser in total. I could see him probably getting you know, <laughs> that's like a 50 to 60 point jump at least for me now. So um, but I was probably too low in the past <laughs> to be to be sure. So um, why don't we start with uh, with somebody else on uh, that you wanted to talk about for a big riser? I, I, I kind of stole Brujan from you. But if you have somebody else that you want to mention, then we'll kind of just rotate back and forth like we always do, like a good podcast host should do. So who do you got for me?
1: All right. uh, Another big riser that's kind of pushed his way, maybe up into that um, top tier uh, conversation. Noel V. Marte uh, jumping up from 61 uh, Baseball America here up to 19.
0: I love love Noel V. Marte, and he's a guy that's doing things that are Franco-esque, to be honest, at such a young age, at a higher level. Um, you know, he's younger than everybody else. He's hitting 302, six home runs, four stolen bases, playing a premium position. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a guy that he's been steadily climbing for me for months and months. And so I think that's an excellent choice. What do you, what do you think about him moving forward um, for you and personally, not just baseball America's list, but you personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Marte. I
1: mean, I think he's, I mean, he's, I mean, like you said, they're 19 years old, still a very young kid, uh, already up in a ball hitting 300 there. Um, So, I mean, he could, he could probably end up with a promotion from there with a three. He's got a three Oh two, 400, 500 slash line. Like that is, that is just perfection, really. Like you can't ask for much, much better than that. Um, so uh, he's someone that I, I think it could be in line to move up sooner I and mean, he could be in the in the big leagues relatively quickly. I mean, he could be cracking it at 21 years old, just like uh, Kelnick is. Um, so a lot of you know, did you really did young... you would
0: say Julio Rodriguez there? <laughs> just kidding. Kelnick's what? out of the bro- pros. He's not making it. We I thought we established that.
1: Oh right. Yeah, okay, sure. Sorry. sorry. Um, but, uh, but
0: he did make it to the big leagues at twenty one. Yes, of course. That, and I'm just I'm just joking. Of course, of course. So um yeah, excellent point. I mean he's he's getting there faster than you would have thought maybe a year ago, for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, and I mean for
1: such a young hitter to be showing that kind of, you know, advanced hitting skills, um, that's that that's really impressive. You know, at the six home runs already in A ball, um, drawn 17 walks. So uh, it's really kind of uh, good to see. And I I think he's uh, presenting a very interesting case as the shortstop of the future out there in Seattle.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? This is, we haven't had a lot of statistics on him. So we're we're finally getting to see him. Um, And I definitely, uh, you know, I, I had him probably, if I had to guess in my last rankings off the top of my head, in the 30s. So I was, I was already very high on him. But it's good to see that others are starting to take note as well. I want to move on to a guy that used to be a very, very highly ranked prospect and fell off kind of like that Swaggerty and Nick Prado we were talking about earlier. And uh, that is Jesus Sanchez, a outfielder for the Miami Marlins. Former Ray as well. Those Ray's prospects always seem to do pretty well. Um, But he is off to a blistering start. I mean, I can't think of too many guys that are off to a better start than this guy. 374, eight home runs, 24 RBIs. It's your classic, got called up to the big leagues, struggled immensely. Everybody kind of said, okay, this is who he is. I mean, and when I say struggled immensely, he hit 40, (laughs) 0-4. I mean, he had one hit in 25 at-bats. It was a double, but um, it was not a good start. But it was that, again, how many times has this happened where they struggle initially, go back down, figure things out, fix that whatever was holding them back and then just explode. And so Jesus Sanchez looks to be the next in the line of that type of player. 374 is no joke. And um, he's going to be called up very, very quickly, I would imagine, as well. I mean, they already brought him up last year. There's nothing really to to hold back on here. So I'm just interested on uh, your thoughts on Jesus Sanchez. Um, Obviously he's got to be a top 100 prospect now. I'd imagine Um, just how much of a a jump would he be for you? I mean, this dude's got more RBIs and strikeouts so
1: far in the season. You don't see too many guys with that. It's the way (laughs) baseball is.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for, uh, for Sanchez, I mean, it's, it's a big jump, certainly for him. Um, I'm not Sure. Uh, where exactly I'd fit him in, but yeah, he's, he's got to be in the, in the top 100 there somewhere overall. Um, uh, I believe baseball America here, they got him down at 95. So he's just kind of cracking his way in there. Um, but I mean, he's someone, I mean, you, you brought him over in the, in the Nick Anderson deal. Um, and, you know, he's cut down on the strikeouts a little bit here, at least in the um, early going. Um, so, There's there's a lot to like there, and if he's you know consistently tapping into that power, I mean we'll see how much he's able to tap into it playing in Marlins Park. That's a pretty uh pretty pitcher friendly ballpark, Um, but I mean there's a lot to like with the with the bat profile there. So uh, if he can keep this up, um, and you know looks like he's been able to keep this up at least for the first month of the season there in Jacksonville, um then there's
0: there's a ton to like there. Yeah, you he's a, a great example that prospects don't go in a linear fashion, meaning yeah. they don't just gradually improve, improve, improve until they're big leaguers, right? It can be up and down, and sometimes it's, you know, as a Braves fan, Austin Riley did this. He would dominate a level, get promoted, and then be completely awful, then figure it out, and then dominate that level, either that, you know, in a couple months or that next year. And Jesus Sanchez is, is is sort of in that line as well. He had to repeat double A in 2019 after hitting 214 with only one home run in 2018. Came back, hit 275, eight home runs, 49 RBIs, um, and then got promoted to triple to A where, you know, 2019 didn't go too well. As And then, of course, to the pros. Now he's, he's figured out triple A. The last frontier is for him to figure out. The majors, and so the fact that he's shown struggles and then shown improvement at the same level gives you a lot of hope. One thing, though, just for for whatever reason it is, I always thought he was going to be a, a stolen base guy. He is not going to steal a lot of bases in the big no. league. If, if the you know the minor league numbers, he has one so far this year. He didn't. Um, he stole five in 2019. So um, for just his game, I just. Figured some stolen bases were there, but I don't know what it is about that. But, yeah, so you're banking on power and and perhaps a higher batting average. So don't get too high on him right now, Um, but very encouraging, to say the least. So that's Jesus Sanchez, outfielder for the Miami Marlins. Okay, who else you got for me over there, David? Well, I
1: think uh, Scott would be very upset with us if we did not mention Jaron Duran, as one of the big risers here over the past uh, couple of months. So uh,
0: yeah, we yeah, want to yeah, we part. got to talk
1: Jaren to Duran because there is there is so much to uh, talk here with him. I mean, he's now obviously playing with Team USA. Um, he's not playing in a in minor league ball at the moment, um, but I mean, he's shown uh, power this year. Um, he has uh, shown you know the hitting ability. Um, it's just been a, a great start for him, uh, down there in, in, uh, he wasn't in triple a, um, now obviously with, with team USA, um, and then getting ready for the Olympics. So there's just, you know, with the bat, the, the speed showing the power. I mean, that's, that's a pretty well-rounded offensive
0: profile for Jaron Duran. Yeah, he, the the power is what has just come out of nowhere for me. I always thought of him as maybe a 15 homer guy, and that was still appealing because he was going to be, you know, stealing some bags and having a high batting average and just a solid overall player, almost like a you know a Ben Attendee type of guy or uh, Verdugo if you want to stay in the the Red Sox. But this power surge, it, it's it has some backing in the fact that like he made huge adjustments and there was very much. Know data to go along with, that. I'm sure Scott is either cringing or like, Yeah, he wants to talk more about this right now because we're not the experts by any means compared to him. No, but no, yeah, we need we need to have Scott on. And yeah, if just, we get if we bring Scott on here to talk Jaron Duran, it would probably take up the whole episode, yeah. And then what was he? He uh, I think he shared that tweet of was it, Todd Frazier saying he's only seen you know, he saw Mike Trout. Yeah, like knew, yeah, last be, time he thought you know,
1: this way about a guy was Mike Trout, and it's like okay this is maybe a little too much for the moment but yeah I mean Duran and in, in his two previous minor league seasons 2018-2019 he had eight total home
0: runs this year in in 18 games in AAA he's got seven already so it's, it's crazy and I and I just wonder a couple of things when you see this huge power surge is what is he sacrificing to get there if anything you know He is, you know, he's hitting 278 with a 366 on base percentage. So that looks very, very healthy and and will play fine if that means a little out of power. But in a longer sample size, does that, do both of those things come down? Um, The strikeouts, 21 in 72 at bats. I mean, that's a little bit high. And so I just want to see it sustained a little bit more before I go absolutely crazy. And so I imagine I'm probably much lower on Duran than some of the other people at are prospects 1500, but that's not too low at all. I think I'd probably put them in the fifties right now. I just want to see a little bit more. And uh, to be honest, like team USA is fun and all, but as if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd almost want him to stay in AAA, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, I
1: mean, the Olympics can be a pretty big uh, launching pad for, for a couple of players. Remember, I mean, okay. So we might not remember. But uh, <laughs> back in back in 2000, uh, the last time Team USA won gold there at the Olympics, you had this pitching prospect by the name of Ben Sheets.
0: Oh, who was yeah. a First
1: rounder. Um, and all of a sudden he just comes out of nowhere and starts dominating at the Olympics. And then next thing you know, he's up in the big leagues the next year. And, you know, all the the fanfare has a great career, at least when he was healthy. Um, and, you know, it, it can be a big, uh, launching pad and, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, what kind of numbers he puts up, you know, in the Olympics, uh, th- you know, through that tournament, um, and, and what that'll showcase because, you know, even though it's not, you know, triple a, you know, or like whatever equivalent level pitching, it's still pretty good pitching that he's going to be facing. So fair it, you know, it all
0: depends he, on how they, you know, how the prospect, takes it and and embraces it. It shows your high
1: pressure environments too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if it gets to a world series or playing in, you know, a Olympic gold medal game, that's kind of the same level of, of energy and the same level of pressure, you know, to perform in that.
0: So good old, uh, former Atlanta, brave Ben sheets. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, what a guy. If only, if only he could have stayed healthy. Yeah, he was. I remember he uh, struck out 18 Braves. Yep, game 2004. I remember that game very, very well. And then we, and then we convinced him to come over to our team. I don't know. It was quite a bit after that, but <laughs> oh yeah, that that was after he was,
1: you know, the the Brewers had had let him go because of yeah. injuries. And then I think he signed with Oakland for a year, and then uh, he bounced over to Atlanta. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, let's move on here. <laughs> Uh, no, that was that was fine. I think we were done, we were done with that conversation. Um, here is uh, another guy that I'm seeing crop onto uh top 100 list that w- I wasn't even on my radar for a top 100, and that is Yankee shortstop Oswald Peraza. And if you want some stolen bases, this could be your guy, and especially at that middle infield spot, he has 16 stolen bases. 5 home runs, 306 batting, uh, batting average 3.86 on base. He is 20 years old in high A. That's a lot of good things I just said. And bonus, you get, you know, a Yankees prospect and so those if you have him already, you get that, you know, Yankees bonus because they always seem to be a little bit more valued by everybody for whatever reason. And uh, if you want to go to acquire him, now has got to be the time before word gets out um because he is he is a big big climber i think for a lot of people as well what do you uh, what are your thoughts on oswald peraza i
1: mean he's someone that uh you know like you said really been uh jumping up and you know that shortstop situation might be uh, somewhat in flux here for the future out there in uh, in new york the way things are are going right now so you know, there's a chance maybe he could be able to to stick at shortstop long term uh, for them. But, yeah, really off to, I mean, hitting 306, five homers, uh, 386 on base percentage, 10 doubles. I mean, it's it's a really strong start to the season. And his strikeout rate really isn't that bad. 24 and 111 uh, at-bats. Uh, I mean, he's got 12 walks to go with it, so... Um, you know, as long as he's you know making contact there, getting on base, which he's you know shown an ability to do, and you know young kid there at, at 20 years old, so uh, th- there's a lot to like there. And yeah, he's you keep hitting you know 300 with a, a whole bunch of stolen bases and showcasing some power too. I mean, in, in 2019, in 65 games, he only had four home runs, and he's got five already in 28 games this year. So. Uh, you know, with the power showing up um, and the speed obviously still there, and, and improving that batting average. Uh, he's someone who was really kind of putting himself in conversation for the future there in New York.
0: Yeah, for me, when I was starting to look into him a little bit more, maybe a couple months ago, it was a defensive first, perhaps number two, you know, old school two hitter that wouldn't hurt you. But uh, he he is very good defensively, and that is always good for your middle infield prospects if you're into dynasty because that means that they're going to stick there. And if they can even hit a little bit, you're good to go. That's why, you know, guys like Dansby Swanson are like top 10 dynasty shortstops, even though we look at them and we're like, what? No, but <laughs> they are. and That's just the way it goes. So Peraza was doing that already. And now all of a sudden we have a little bit of bump in a power spot we didn't think we would see quite yet. And, of course, the speed, which isn't, it's not like Bruhan levels of speed where it's going to be, you know, it's 80 grade speed. But he just gets really good jumps and he's, you know, above, he's definitely plus speed. Don't get me wrong, but uh, 16 stolen bases. We'll see if he can continue that. That's something that I would like to monitor, monitor going forward. He's been very successful with stolen bases. But as he gets higher up, I mean, almost everybody's successful at stealing bases at the, the lower level so let's see what he can do moving forward and that'll be kind of the last little test of if the power sticks and the stolen bases stick because I didn't ever view him as a an elite stolen base guy but if he is and he he's going to be a, a huge prospect because there's no weakness then all of a sudden we're talking a five tool shortstop and those guys will you know turn dynasty league teams around uh that was Oswald Peraza shortstop New York Yankees all right David on to you let's do a few more and then I think we're gonna call it a day so who else you got for me?
1: All right. Um, another guy that I got for you here is going to be Gabriel Moreno. Ooh, um, from catcher from the Blue Jays. Um, so I mean they got a pretty uh, strong farm system there in terms of names. Um, but for uh Moreno, I mean they, I mean they got Alejandro Kirk there also. You know, a, a catcher. So. Um could try to you know battle for some playing time. But I mean with the start that he's gotten off to uh this year, I mean he's hitting 367 uh four home runs, uh four twenty nine on base percentage, six oh eight slugging uh in twenty games, twenty four RBIs. I mean it's uh it, it's a pretty good pretty good start uh for him and, and he's always really kind of shown the bat there um in uh the minor leagues, hit three fifty nine in twenty eighteen. Hit 280 in 2019, and he's got a you know strong assignment there at Double A uh, with New Hampshire, so he
0: could be relatively close at, at 21 years old. Yeah, the Blue Jays are kind of funny because they've always seemed to have this catching prospect coming up that I was always you know kind of excited about, whether it, whether it be Danny Jansen or like you said Alejandro Kirk, and they just haven't really lived up to you know whatever potential you might have thought they had so yeah. far. Um, But he might be the best one of the bunch and a guy that uh, definitely worth getting excited about because, you know, those those two, I don't know, are are long term options for the Blue Jays. I I like Kirk. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, him catching every day for at the big league level seems unrealistic at this point. So a guy like Moreno, you can plug in there and, uh, you know, somebody to get very, very excited about. So I'm glad you brought him up. Definitely a big riser for me, too. I just don't know how high he would go for me, but uh he's creeping into the top 100. Is, is he a top 100 for you, you think right now?
1: Um I, I think he, I think he's certainly uh getting in getting into that. Um So, I haven't uh, you know, looked at, you know, redoing a the top 100 list personally here uh lately, but uh yeah, he's certainly putting himself in the conversation at the very least.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's go with one more guy here. And we'll uh, we'll we'll call it a day for this week. This is somebody that I, I can't remember if if he mentioned him or not when we had Tyler Freeman on. He mentioned a bunch of middle infielder prospects. I think he mentioned Angel Martinez to uh, keep an eye on as well. And he's a guy that's off to a great great start. It's just you know the only problem is when you get, you got a you got Tyler Freeman in your system. I don't know how you're supposed to, to overcome that. We love. Mr. Freeman on this podcast, but um, Angel Martinez, 19 year old shortstop. He is hitting 289, three home runs, 14 RBIs, five stolen bases, but just a really solid hit tool. And he's doing it as a 19 year old in low a, and those are what start to get your attention, right? There's just not too many middle infielders that are hitting well at that age, at that level. And it's worth taking note. And definitely as dynasty owners, you got to take a jump on these guys before it's too late because they get to be very very expensive if they even show you know any sustained success because you know that that age just jumps out at you and the fact that he's he's performing that well and already had you know a, a little bit of hype going into his his signing when he did get signed a few years back so Somebody to keep an eye on. Definitely creeping into my top 100, maybe even to the 80s in that range if I want to get really, really crazy. Um, but that's Angel Martinez for the Cleveland Indians. All right. Is there anyone else you wanted to talk about, David, before we move on? Uh, we could do maybe one or two fallers, I suppose, to just round out the episode. But um, anybody else you wanted to, to touch on? No, I think we uh, pretty much, pretty much got most of mine. Yeah, there were. I mentioned the fallers. There's just two guys that I think we should mention, and I'm going to use them as an example of kind of our our different differing strategies when it comes to dynasty. And that's Michael uh, Michael Mackenzie Gore and Sixto Sanchez, two guys that have fallen down prospect ranks. I mean, I saw Gore up in the in top five in MLB pipeline there for a minute. Uh, Sixto had shown great success. And now, you know, if you're trying to trade these guys away, I think you're going to be shocked at the, the type of return that you would get right now in dynasty leagues. Not to say that, you know, that talents evaporated or anything like that, but it points to the idea that that's a very risky asset to acquire in dynasty leagues. And for me, if you're rebuilding, it's the last piece of the puzzle. I would never rebuild the team with these pitching prospects um, first, like, Go, you know, going out and getting like, let's say, you know, two years ago, you went out. You know, I'm rebuilding. I'm going to get Mackenzie Gore. I'm going to get Sixto Sanchez, and I'm going to get, um, you know, Nate Pearson, and I'm going to get Forrest Whitley. And then all of a sudden, you know, that that plan has been shot to hell through no fault of your own, just the fact that you picked pitching prospects as your as your rebuilding, um, plan. You know, so it's not to say because I know David, you're the, you're the pitcher, the pro pitcher guy here, and I'm not saying. Um, that's a bad strategy, but I'm saying when you're rebuilding from scratch, you know what I mean? That yeah. Yeah. Pitchers are just so so damn risky, but of course we you know we need them because you know if you want to compete at a in a dynasty league, those pitching categories are like gold. And you know in my the, you know the competitive dynasty league that I'm doing right now, that's the biggest struggle. And they got a great offense. They got the stolen bases down. Um, but the pitching, you know, I don't have the pitching. And so I got to go try to acquire it and it is very, very expensive. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of where you come into play and in your philosophy is get the pitching, get as much pitching as you can early. So you don't have to pay for it later. You think that's pretty accurate of kind of where you're at now? Yeah, it's probably uh
1: pretty, pretty accurate as to, uh, where I'm at, and I got a little bit of, uh, of news that just kind of uh came through here as we're,
0: as we're recording. <laughs> I know it's,
1: yeah, I know it's past the news and notes thing, but uh, Robert Murray of uh, Fanside is reporting that the San Francisco Giants are calling up left-handed pitcher Sam Long, and he will start on Wednesday.
0: Oh, Sam Long. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know much about Sam Long.
1: <laughs> I mean, <Can> I? <laughs> I'm I'm... Pulling something, up. I'm trying to pull something up
0: on him uh, right now. If uh, my laptop would cooperate. Um, well, I mean, but. the Giants are turning into the Cardinals, honestly. Where like everybody's just good for them for for no reason. He's a 25 year old pitcher, left hander. He uh, started in Double A this year with three ERA, 22 Ks in 15 innings. Had a uh, Dece, zero e r a and triple a okay i mean he he looks like a, a no guy that hey we need a guy yeah i mean with with the report coming up oh yeah it's like oh yeah this seems like
1: a a big prospect here but i mean an eighteenth round pick in in twenty sixteen um yeah maybe not as
0: uh, high profile an addition um but well, yep. I'll give you this, David. We're probably the first podcast to announce that. That's true. Maybe That's the true. only... We're, we're a bit late for Twitter, but maybe the only podcast to, to mention that as well. But there you go. <laughs> nah, and hey, that, uh, I, I see the report. I, I got to I gotta let you know, man. Yeah, and I think if we uh, end on anything else besides that, it would be a miss. So we're going to end our podcast on that uh, Sam Long news. Although I did want to get your thoughts that kind of on... Uh, on the pitching, but I think we'll save that for for another week, as we are we're running up against the hour here. So uh, follow us on Twitter, Alex underscore W underscore Sanchez. You can follow David at D Gasper 24. You can of course follow us on the site as well, Prospects 1500. Follow them on Twitter as well. Follow Scott Green on Twitter. Follow all of the writers on Twitter for that matter. We have a bunch of great guys. It really is a good group. Um, What do you think of the group so far, David, now that you've been in for a couple of months here? I mean, I I love the group. I mean, it's, it's
1: been great. Um, Great people, great conversation. Always, you know, talking some prospects. Everyone's always got a, you know, a thought or a story
0: about uh, one of them. So it's, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. That's what I like. Like if we had all of our writers in one room, which we, we, We'll never have that, but I mean, they're all communicated, Um, you know, and if somebody would have us something to tell us about Sam long, you know, so um, that's, you know, everybody knows everybody in, in our, in our little uh, group here. So that's pretty special to me. Oh, I did want to mention one last thing. I think this is a good time at the end of a podcast, but uh, uh, I got back on the mound myself yesterday Oh, Sunday, Sunday league baseball uh um, what what did the radar guns show um I would probably say eighty three to eighty four right now really yeah, I think that's accurate i mean it's probably that's probably what I was at at my uh, my absolute best maybe before the pandemic, so maybe it's like in the 80 it's fast, it's not slow huh. um but four innings gave up one run, three strikeouts and so our and we won, and it felt good to be out there. I am pretty sore today though I'm not going to lie. Yeah, dude, I, I throw a ball once now and my shoulder gets sore. <laughs> it's like, oh man, why did I, I do know. that? Ugh. you you have a lot more miles on your arm than I think I did. I, I didn't even start pitching until, you know, I was well out of college just for fun. I was always a, just an infielder. So um uh, can only imagine how you pitchers feel throwing the ball now in your your older age. <laughs> what do you think? think you this? think if you got back into it, how how do you how how do how do you think you would do, you think? Oh man,
1: I'd I'd need to take a, a couple of months to get my body ready for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right now, I am. I'd probably just throw super slow. Like I got to get myself way back into it. I haven't thrown like like seriously in a in a while.
0: What were uh What were your pitches when you were pitching? Let's do a little. Uh,
1: I had a I had a fastball, curveball, and changeup. Change. My my. It was a circle change. It was probably the the best um, of the off speed, probably the best pitch that I had. Um, I couldn't command it as well as I would have liked, but um, it was, it was a pretty good, just kind of a, you know, fading change up kind of, fe- kind of fell off the table. Um, but yeah, that was it. Three pitches.
0: Nice. Nice. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to fly you in after you're all uh, caught up to speed and you can make a spot start for us every once <laughs> in a while. We play every Sunday. We actually, fun fact, fun fact, we played on the same field that Ken Griffey Jr. played when he was in the minor leagues. Wow. He played for a minor league team called the Spirit. If you can look oh. it up. I think it was in, I don't know, whatever he was, 87, 88. Um, played on the same field that we played on. We played on, and now our, our local college plays there. Um, so that was kind of fun.
1: Kind yeah, of fun. There, there's a uh, there's a spot in Eau Claire in the Northwoods League, uh, the stadium for the team there, the Eau Claire Express, that Hank Aaron played on that field.
0: Oh, isn't that cool to say that, you you know, if you played on that field, I say, I guess, yeah. you know, that you... you but just, just kind of being in that field. You're, yeah. for being there. And, sure. Yeah. Even that is good. Yeah. Um, I mean, the field today, it, you wouldn't think it, what I said was true if you saw it. I mean, San, go look up San Bernardino, um, and you can see that there's not a lot of beautiful things there. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's one way of putting it yeah uh 66ers play there now the inland empire 66ers i believe are the oh gosh are they the angels they must be the angels right i got no idea <laughs> yeah that's um, the california like, that, that's out of my experience that's my um somebody's yeah i think they are the angels right mm-hmm. yeah, we, we got
1: to get gail on the on yeah.
0: here to answer that yeah uh, yeah, they are the Angels. Uh, oh, new logo this year. I hadn't seen that one. Anyway, we are uh, down another rabbit hole again. So we'll go ahead and uh, log off. So again, fifteen uh, Prospects 1500. This is the Futures Focus Podcast. David Gasper, Alex Sanchez. Have a great week. We will see you next time.